Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach. How many of you have visited local farmers markets this summer for their wonderful fresh veggies, their meats, their dairy, and a variety of freshly baked goods? I just love the Madison Farmers Market, and I'm always bummed when it comes to an end. Well, there's a somewhat new trend now called farm to table, and many people think they don't have the option of visiting a farmer's market once the leaves fall off the trees and the snow flies. But today you're going to learn from a local organization that provides resources for healthy, fresh foods, including a market that's open from November to March, where you can experience this farm-to-table concept during the winter months. And then we'll learn about a local nonprofit that takes the term waste not, want not to a whole other level. My first guest today is Jennifer Casey, Executive Director of Fondy Food Center, and Heather Deaton, who is one of our wealth advisors here at Ellen Becker and a vice chair of the board of Fondy. Welcome to the show today, ladies. Well, thank you so very much for having us, um, and thank you to EIG for all that you do to, for the community. Well, you're absolutely welcome. We're excited to, uh, to hear what you have to say today. Yeah, thanks, Jill. I'm pleased to be on the radio with you, too. Absolutely. Fondy Food Center brings healthy food and economic opportunity to Milwaukee through this farm-to-table concept by operating local farmer's markets throughout the year and providing access to land, resources, and support to small-scale farmers. This allows them to build a better food system so that children and adults can live healthier lives. So I'm excited to learn more about the things you do, but first, can you share with us why you got involved in this somewhat new trend in the first place, Jennifer? Absolutely, I'd be happy to. So my background is as a registered dietitian, um, and I did a lot of work with counseling individuals and working in community-based nutrition projects. And, you know, it was really through a project that I engaged with the CDC on, the Centers for Disease Control, where I started reshaping my understanding of how important our food environment, that is the foods that are available to us in our neighborhoods, um, how important the food environment is on people's health. So our zip code has more to do with our health than our genetics. And oh, really? Like yep. how many golden archers are on the corner? Or <laughs> Absolutely. That could be called a food swamp. Or um, <laughs> the opposite of that is a food desert. Um, that's a commonly used term. And what that means is that a neighborhood has very little access to fresh food. So through this project, I began getting very interested in reshaping the food environment so that it was supportive of health. And I came to learn about Fondy Food Center. Um, and a position opened up, and the executive director asked me to fill it, and I jumped aboard full steam ahead. Well, I remember when Heather was first talking about it, uh, about the Fondy food. You know, we'd hear Heather mm -hmm. talking a lot about it, and I was thinking this has to be available just in Fond du Lac. I mean, because it's Fondy food. Did it get started in Fond du Lac, or why the name? So... 
Fondue Food Center was started to support a 100-year-old market on Milwaukee's north side on Fond du Lac Avenue. There we go. Yeah, okay. the, now, the confusion. Okay. Full circle. Yeah, okay. it happens okay. quite a lot. So our organization was started to support this market because it was such an essential source of fresh food in a neighborhood that had little access to it. So Milwaukee's north side is a neighborhood that suffers from a lot of disparities, and this Fondue Farmer's Market has been one of the few sources of fresh produce for the neighborhood for a century. Okay. So Fondy does come from Fond du Lac, Lac Ave. Okay. Yep. Avenue, not the city of yep. Fond du Lac. Okay. Well, what about you, Heather? I know you're a really healthy eater, and you make many of your own special recipes, like your almond butter that you gifted everyone last Christmas. Um, why is this concept so important to you? You know, I learned more about the value of, of eating healthy and, and locally, and also having access to more fresh ingredients. And when you think about living in a place where you don't have a corner store that sells affordable produce or fresh meats or eggs, that what you end up consuming is is not the high quality that we all really deserve. And so I had heard about Fondi and I had started going as a place to get um, really affordable produce for my family, including large bags of greens for for just dollars. And I was you're a vegetarian, right? I am. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so what started as just a weekly shopping trip to go get some affordable produce, once we got to know the market and the farmers, and the vendors, the producers and the staff, this this weekly trip on Saturday mornings and if I can help it also Sundays sometimes <laughs> in the summer when it's in full swing um, has really turned into a, a morning long visit that my family we look forward to we visit with our friends we talk and laugh and, and share stories of the week and ch- catch up with each other about our families and it, it's truly like th- that's the community the sense of community that I get when I go to Fondy and I also have gotten to know some of the other um, some of their shoppers there too, mm-hmm. that it is so um, essential to me that I, I crave when the market kicks off again in the spring and I get to see all my friends. We well, exchange. You always, yeah. you always talk so uh, passionately about it. You can just, you know, in, within the work environment, you, yeah. you talk a lot about it. And so you obviously uh, connected because you, you sit on the board or vice chair. How did that come around? Well, I started volunteering there, um, helping out uh, at the market helping out with food demos, you know, maybe taking surveys. And then I got just more and more involved helping and volunteering at special events like our um, annual Fondy Farm Feast and different events at the market. And then that evolved into taking a larger leadership role in those events and helping really coordinate and drive and get energy going and, um, you know, making sure that it all ran smoothly so we could have the the guests at these events really get to focus on what's most important. And then from there, I I was invited to sit on the board and I delightfully and eagerly accepted and, um, and then also now took the chair or the vice chair role on the executive committee. And this year, in fact, I helped co-host the um, Fondy Farm Feast, which was really a a treat and a (laughs) thrill too. And there's a different story around that too. It, It was, it is under, under a tent on a farm and I'll just say we had some uh, weather issues, but we all really, really shined in the moment. 
Wonderful. I'll say. I mean, so Heather is such an incredible asset and has been for so many years, but we actually met nearly a decade ago, I would mm-hmm. imagine, before I was on staff at the Fondy Food Center and before Heather was involved on the board, oh, um, okay. just as shoppers. Yeah. And so... So you'd see each other mm-hmm. at the markets. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yep, because while the market, Fondy Farmers Market, serves Milwaukee's north side, which is an African-American community, one that suffers from a lot of health and economic disparities, it's also an incredibly vibrant place. And the market is a really exciting place to be on a Saturday morning. You'll hear many different languages because the market draws a lot of our newer immigrants and refugees. You'll see one of the most, you'll be in one of the most diverse places in one of the most segregated cities in the country. Mm -hmm. And it really, because it's such a unique and vibrant space, it draws people in from across the region. So people are familiar with that particular location from a while ago, and that was kind of the only location, at least where it started? Yep, yep. So that market has been in the neighborhood for 100 years, um, wow. and we'll see, we'll <laughs> see, you know, generations of customers um, and farmers. Um, the who, location on Fond du Lac Avenue has been there for 100 years? So it started two blocks north, okay. but the city built this open-air pavilion Um, When they realized they needed more space and uh, actually a parking lot to serve the community, then the city of Milwaukee lost the budget to operate the market. So it sort of struggled along. And it wasn't until a local food security nonprofit identified how important the market was that they realized it needed a dedicated entity. And so... Hence, Fondy Food Center, the nonprofit, was born. And, of course, we've grown by leaps and bounds mm-hmm. since that time. But that continues to be our key cornerstone nutrition program. Okay. Well, nutrition, we know that uh, that facts are, or they say, actually, facts are to the mind what food is to the body. So we understand how important uh, healthy food is. So stay tuned to get some more important facts about how we can get some good food for our bodies. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Jennifer Casey and Heather Deaton, representing the Fondy Food Center. Fondy Food Center operates more than 100 farmers markets each year, improving both healthy food access and economic opportunity year-round. So let's start with the food access. Why is Fondy a nationally recognized leader in connecting low-income consumers with healthy food access? Well, it really does all come down to access. Um, More than 40 million Americans do not have access to high-quality food. And farmer's markets are one of the ways to respond to that problem, Um, and they're not as expensive to operate as a grocery store. Um, They also confer benefits um, on the shoppers and vendors. So farmer's markets, research shows that farmer's markets lead directly to increased produce consumption. Um, And of course, there is also, as Heather was discussing earlier, the social interactions and the community building that takes place at farmers markets is something that we really believe everybody has a right to. So like you, um, like Heather, I believe that everybody has a right to good food. And that's why we have strategically you know, targeted neighborhoods and our neighbors and communities that do not 
typically have as much access to healthy food. So Fondi is a nationally recognized leader in connecting with low-income consumers through our SNAP EBT program. And what that is, is basically it's a program that allows people to use their federal nutrition benefits, SNAP, a.k.a. food share, a.k.a. food stamps, at the farmer's market. This is really important in... Um, Milwaukee's north side because our neighbors have more than 56% are participating in the SNAP program. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's been a really important way to to serve the community by allowing people to use those federal nutrition benefits at the market. We additionally raise funds to double up those benefits. So, you know, $1 becomes two for more fruits and vegetables. That's a nice way to... to, um convey the importance of healthy eating i think mm-hmm. if they know that their their uh, program whether it's food stamps or whatever the snap program like mm-hmm. you said if they can use them there then why wouldn't they if they know that they're mm-hmm. getting healthy foods as opposed to going to buy the box mac and cheese at the pick and save and you know because it's cheap and it's on their list of foods that they can get knowing that they can use these uh, dollars, if you will, at the um, at the farmer's markets. Great. Yep. Well, let's talk about the farmer's market specifically. There's so many cool things I think everybody should know about this. I was not aware when, when Heather first started telling me about all the ways that you're impacting the community uh, with the healthy foods. I think it's important that our listeners understand that. So let's, let's talk about the farmer's market specifically. Well, so in addition to the SNAP program, in addition to our double up SNAP and WIC matching program, um, we also work with local healthcare systems to, um, implement what we call a fruit and vegetable prescription program. So people go to their doctor, they get a prescription that they can then bring to the farmer's market and they turn that in into coupons that can be spent on fruit and vegetables. It's incredibly popular, and we're trying to figure out a way to spread that to more healthcare systems and more farmers markets across the region. Um, you know, Fondi Farmers Market was our first market, um, and we have since grown to operate three farmers markets. So, um, a number of years ago, we opened up the Fondi Market at Schlitz Park, which was another opportunity for our farmers to, you know, have make more money, basically, to, to sell to another community. Um, That's and downtown, right? Yep. Schlitz Park, yeah. Yep, okay. Schlitz Park. And then um, in 2015, we took over operations in the Milwaukee Winter Farmers Market. So that's why we're able to say that we have more than 100 farmers markets that we operate a year. That's more than any other organization in the state of Wisconsin. And the Wisconsin Farmers Market, that's the one at the Domes? Yep, the Milwaukee Winter Farmers Market is at the Mitchell Park Domes um, Greenhouse Annex every Saturday from 8 a.m. to noon. And that goes from now through March? Through March, through the end of March. And you'll see fresh produce every single week of the year um, because our farmers there, um, they've invested in season extension and storage techniques or indoor growing methods. So you can find not just, you know, cold storage root vegetables, but you can find fresh greens really any time of the year. Sometimes they're just microgreens. Well, that's Um, interesting, though, because I had visited a farmer's market this last weekend, and my thought was there's no way. I'm going to find fresh fruits and vegetables. And this particular one that I went to, 
had a mix of, um, they had some dairy represented there and some meat, but they also had like local artisans that were mm-hmm. selling different things. It really wasn't what I had expected. It was still decent, but it wasn't what I expected. So knowing that uh, the one at the Domes or actually the Schlitz Park one, you can get fresh fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's I think people need to, to, to be aware of that. Yeah, absolutely. I invite people to come on down. Um, you know, th- that market really created an avenue for farmers to make money in the mm-hmm. winter. And so, so it's a win-win. It's a win-win. Yeah. Um, and so those farmers and vendors have been able to invest in these season extension techniques um, that allow them to bring fresh produce to the market. We also have cheese and meat and bakeries and hot food vendors. What's your favorite hot food vendor? Heather? I would say it's the um, it's the soup. It's from um, Wisconsin soup. No, the the soup that Jamie. Oh, Vini Cafe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Vini Cafe. Yeah. So you can go there for lunch. You can, you can go there for lunch. Just, just, just get there before noon and and do okay. Get there before noon. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. And it's really multicultural too. When you think about it, there's um there's from the prepared food side at the domes uh, location. There's empanadas and there's you know fancy barbecue. coffee there's barbecue mm-hmm. waffles mm-hmm. okay now you're making me hungry mm-hmm. yeah okay <laughs> well what about this fondy farm project that's um you know an organization that was started to operate a farmer's market when you start a farm what tell us about that so what happened is back in 2008 and 2009, we started seeing farmers dropping out of the Fondy Farmers Market. And we couldn't have that because we needed to have a long-term supply of produce to offer to our neighborhood and our, our shoppers. Um, and so when we started researching why the farmers were dropping out of farming, we realized it wasn't because they were ready to retire. It was because they didn't have access to land, or at least they didn't have access to long-term affordable quality leases. Um, And really that in part is because most of our farmers are Hmong American refugees. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they are people who have not historically owned their own farms and have been living on handshake leases. So we started the farm and last year was our most impactful year yet. 30 acres, 26 farm families, um, and a real demand for us to continue growing that project. There are a lot of people who want to be farmers. They really believe in, you know, the lifestyle. They really believe in making sure that fresh produce is available to our community. And I would add in, too, you know, when I am on the at the markets and I get to visit and talk with the farmers, you know, having those 100 markets around the year gives them that option of, of really selling it as close to harvest as possible when we've got midweek and, you know, multiple days on the weekends where they can um, sell what they've harvested. And that's going to help them to want to invest in all the different ways to make farming more efficient for themselves. And then also provides for the shoppers and for, for us Fondy avid fans, you know, really that option to get that more diverse um vegetables across culture and across different types of farming and and um like i said like cultural 
food. That's a really great point. I mean, and it's one of my favorite things about the Fondy Farmers Market in particular. Um, earlier, I mentioned that we have a lot of new um, refugees and immigrants who seek out the market, even if they don't live in the neighborhood, because there's such a diverse array of produce. You know, one August, uh, a couple of years ago, I counted 13 varieties of eggplant on one single day. Oh, wow. Okay. All, you know, from the size of cherry tomato to, you know, the big globe. Wow. Well, in, and I think the uh, education around the food is interesting because I, I understand you have something called healthy food advocacy. Uh, I had no idea that there were all that many different versions of, of eggplant or, you know, now I can maybe increase my my, uh, my recipes when that call for that. But what about this healthy food advocacy where you, you educate the people? Well, at market, we do cooking demos, um, and we also work with a number of community partners who bring in education and resources that benefit the community. Um, and why, more widely than that, um, our advocacy is about working with community partners across the region to try and connect more of our local farmers markets with more of the low-income community members in their own neighborhoods and communities. And so we're offering technical assistance and training and sharing some of the lessons learned at the Fondy Farmers Market with these other markets that also really believe that everybody deserves access to good food. And so they want to make sure that they're serving their low-income neighbors well. Well, there's certainly a lot of information here to, to learn about. And so we're not able to cover everything that we that we would like to talk about, but I think it's important for people to know that they're uh, there's a website that they can visit to get more information. Um, can you share with us the website or maybe phone numbers or how people would learn more about Fondy Food Center? I would say start with the website. It's fondymarket.org, F-O-N-D-Y market.org. Um, additionally, you can find us on Facebook. Just type in Fondy Market and um, make sure you're not liking the one in Fond du Lac, or you can like that too, but make sure it's, <laughs> it's There's the a Fondy, Fondy in Fond du Lac in addition there is a, to our Fond du Lac Avenue. Yep. Okay. <laughs> well, we all know how important it is to nourish our bodies with some really good food. So thank you, Jen and Heather, for sharing how we can get some good, nutritious, healthy food to nourish our bodies through this farm-to-table concept. Speaking of good food, I was at a charity event last year where they served some awesome lasagna. But it was this huge piece, and I couldn't eat it all, so I asked for a to-go bag. They said they couldn't provide to-go bags because of the liability. And I was like, really? All this lasagna that these people cannot possibly eat in one sitting is going to be thrown away? What a waste. The waiter just said, I'm sorry, ma'am, it's policy. You'd be amazed at the waste that happens each year. It's like, hello, there's a hunger crisis in this world. In fact, recovering just 5% of the food people throw away would feed an additional 4 million people, and that's every day. That's amazing. So stay tuned to hear what one local organization is doing with food that would otherwise go to waste. We'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. My next guest is Chris Capper, Executive Director of Just One More Ministry, or JOM, as it is affectionately referred to as. So thank you for being here today, Chris. Thank you very much for having us, Jill. This is a, a blessing. 
It is indeed, isn't it? Yeah, we're anxious to hear what what you've got to share. And Heather is actually going to join us today as well because uh, she's involved as a volunteer with JOM. So, uh, Chris, how and why did you get involved with this mission of an informal food recovery program? Well, we first started, there was a gentleman at church, uh, an I-10 St. Matthew's Lutheran Church in Wauwatosa, that was starting a food program. Um, and I wasn't necessarily interested in the food. It was I was interested in the place that he was going. And he was going to the guest house. And that's where gentlemen um, try and recover from their addictions or their alcoholism. And I am a recovering addict and alcoholic of 39 years. I've been with the Lord now about 12 years. So that's what steered me into the food Congratulations industry. on your recovery, by the way. Thank you very much. That's wonderful. Thank you. So um, that was my first uh, interest in it. And then uh, we went down there and we, we served the food. And I went for uh, three or four months and uh, became more familiar with what was going on in the city with food waste. And that we uh, have a tremendous amount of food waste. You mentioned some statistics before, and there's 40% in the food in the country that's edible that we throw away. It's staggering, isn't it? It's staggering. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. And uh, another good statistic is that what we throw away in this country in one day could feed about 350,000 people for a year. Mm. So considering there's, that's about half the city of Milwaukee yeah, that we wow. could feed for a year with what this country throws away in a day. Mm-hmm. Each family throws away over $2,200 worth of food a year. Wow. So there, there's a lot that gets mm-hmm. thrown away. So I uh, ventured with uh, Tom Guy, was his name, uh, for a while. And then uh, we were having some lunches at St. Matt's, and uh, the pastors were, would call me and say, we have this leftover food. Um, can you do something with it? So I would take it down to the repairs of the breach or some of our uh, partners in the inner, inner city church. Uh, uh, and that's really how the food ministry started. So you have a personal experience with this, and that's probably why it resonates with you so so much. It's it's a it's become a passion of mine um, that we we have sixty thousand children in the city of Milwaukee that don't know where their next meal is coming from. Mm-hmm. They uh, the government provides a hundred percent of the children with breakfast and lunch now because it's statistically it's over eighty three percent of the kids qualify for the food program. So they provide it, but what do the kids eat at night? What do they eat on the weekends? What do they eat on vacation times? And things like that. So we we highlight kids, but it's a passion because, number one, children should eat every day, at least one meal, at least one meal. Number two, it affects the education. It's one of the top three factors that affect the child's education. Mm -hmm. So if they're not eating, it's hard for them to learn. Right. Um, and I think in education and in, in today's society, um, it's very important. Mm-hmm. So food goes along with that. So, yeah, we have a we have a passion for it. Yeah, it's it's uh, instead of uh, going out drinking or or doing drugs and being a negative, um, this is something where God led me to be a, a positive factor in in His world. So. And you're affecting many, and that's that's wonderful. He's got you where he wants you, right? He's got me where he wants me, <laughs> and, I, and I'm glad to be there. <laughs> yeah, all we need to do is be obedient, right? We're all we need say, to do is say yes. Yes, exactly. Yes, Lord. No and Lord cannot exist in the same sentence, right? right. No, yes. It's, it's yes, Lord. So, Heather, how, how are you involved with this mission? 
Well, so I am also a member at St. Matt's uh, Lutheran Church, and I was involved in the kind of start of that food ministry, doing meal packing at church for uh, bag lunches we provide to some organizations, also serving at the guest house um, with my family, um, you know, throughout the year. And then um, specific to the Just One More ministry, um, the the ministry started in the in the kitchen at St. Matthew's, and that's where until they outgrew the space because of the success that Chris was able to bring, um, it, you know the food repackaging was done there, and so I volunteered, you know, several times before they moved. Um, but you know my focus is really on sustainability as well, and I'd say that with that, at my house. I really don't throw things out if I can help it. You know, I, I repurpose leftovers as much as um, as I can. You Thank know, you. My family, I know, and my family actually embraces it as well. And I Sourcefulness use the, is your middle yeah, name, yes. I use the <laughs> tops and bottoms of all vegetables, <laughs> right, the carrots and the carrot tops. So, so those are just some passions of mine, and I really, you know, appreciate um, the work that, that Chris and, and John have been able to do to to get food out of the to, to stop it before it gets into the dumpster. Yeah, and I think it's important for people to understand that that's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, oftentimes, unless it's brought to our attention, we don't think that it's such an issue. And I think maybe now, just with the way things are with our kids, uh, well, actually, truth be told, I'm, I'm guilty too because my mom will say if I'm throwing away, uh, let's say, a jar of jelly and there's, you know, some in the bottom of the jar, she say, you're not going to throw that away, are you? And I just don't think about it. I just throw it away. Or, you know, the, the thing in our house was when we had pool parties and my girls would invite people over and they would have their can of soda and at the end of the party there's half of the soda that's left in the can and my mom would be having a heart attack mm-hmm. saying, why, you know, that's such waste you know why why do you do that so i think maybe kids nowadays and it's not only kids but i mean many people don't don't think of it you know they don't think of the waste but if we can uh share some statistics with people so that they can say wow i guess this really is an issue that we really should be considering and trying to do something about uh that that's important so and that we all play a part in i think to your point jill you know whether you acknowledge it or not whether it's big or small we all add to the to the problem Mm -hmm. and there's all things that we can do and ministries and and organizations we can support that are going to change that direction yeah we all contribute to the problem and we can also contribute to the solution absolutely right yeah so not only does john work with area restaurants food suppliers and caterers to recover and repackage excess food to provide a crucial link to needy communities to shelters and food pantries but they they also offer other services. So stay tuned to hear other ways Just One More Ministry, or JOM, is reaching out. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, and I'm talking with Chris Cappers from the Just One More Ministry, or JOM, and Heather Deaton, who is one of our wealth advisors here and who is involved with the ministry as well. So it's it's awesome that you take food that would otherwise be wasted and make it available for people who are hungry. But JOM has expanded its services to include other ways to invite the ignored the forgotten, the addicted, the formerly incarcerated to come, to be served, and to serve alongside each other as God's children. 
So let's talk about these services. There's a number of, of different things that you offer. So let's let's help our listeners understand how you come alongside these people, the ignored, the forgotten, you know, and, and, and serve them. Um, wonderful question. Um, we do it primarily in two ways, um, through volunteers, um, uh, because a lot of these um, people are isolated or alone and, and they want to be with other folks and, and actually want to be doing some good, um, which makes them feel good. So we have over 400 volunteers in our entire organization. Um, uh, that includes the 75 partners that come and pick up food from us. So some of them drive, some of them come along and help the drivers. Um, and we at John, particularly in, in our building, um, we uh, work with uh, Goodwill. Uh, they send people over. Um, we work with Easter Seals. Um, they send kids over um, that otherwise maybe wouldn't have the opportunity to um, feel the blessing of feeding hungry people. Um, and so we see smile after smile, and we're coming back, and we're coming back because they have an opportunity to share the blessings that they have where they maybe wouldn't get at a, at a regular organization. And uh, what I really get excited about along with that is that um, I was giving chance after chance after chance um, with my addictions and my alcoholism. So we hire people that normal corporate America would not hire. Okay. They have a, a background. Some of them uh, have been incarcerated uh, for uh, eight years or more. Um, uh, some people were uh, doing things on the street that they shouldn't be doing. Um, some, people were, some people were alcoholics and, and drug addicts, and those are the people that God wants us to hire. Right. So we do that, and that's a passion of mine because a lot of times they support kids. They may not be married, but they... They have responsibilities to support the kids. Uh, and so we do that. And that's, I think, what um, one of the things that we're excited about in our ministry because God takes us, and I call us all misfits. He takes us misfits uh, and puts us together. Um, and we have this passion to serve the hungry people. And we're so blessed that uh, each year for the past year, our growth has been over 40%, and this year we're going to be close to 50%. So four years ago, we were rescuing, God was giving us really, about 270,000 pounds of food. And in 2018, we're going to be somewhere between a million 100,000 and a million 200,000 pounds of food that he's going to give us. Wow. So what this helps us with is serving uh, the meals. We don't serve any meals at our organization. But like I mentioned before, we have 75 partners that come and pick up the food that they go and serve people in, in their neighborhood. We have organizations that come, um, and uh, Street Angels comes to mind. They actually go into where the homeless people live, and they serve three meals a night, warm meals they take down. And I love that. Street Angels? Street Angels. Yeah, okay. you should have them on your show. Two, okay. two, two ladies started this. and um, uh, So we, we're blessed that we can give them all the food. Um, mm -hmm. To do that, um, but so they go into the homes. Just, I'm just making sure I understand here. They go into the homes. They go into the homeless villages, okay. uh, as I call them, where the homeless people live. Okay, on the streets, under the bridges, um, on on the benches, wherever they can live, and they have their route that they go to, and they cover a large area of the city, um, and they go out three nights a week. Wonderful. Okay. Yeah, it's it's it's, and they feed usually a little over a hundred people a night. So so that that's that's fantastic, but. Um, so our passion is uh, bringing people together um, and watching God weave 
us together um, so we can serve those people that, that need the food. Yeah. You should start a hashtag misfits with a passion. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. You know, you're, you're, let's, you're, let's, you're, let's, you're serving the underserved. And so, you know, we talk about collaboration and how important that is with all the resources that we have. We have so many resources available in our community, but not always are they working together. And so it's great to hear that you're working with other organizations. You're doing what you do and you're doing it well. Thank and you. then you're out there working with other organizations that are doing what they do, and they do it well. And so why not bring those organizations together for the common good of, of the people that you're serving, right? Right. Right. And then uh, you said volunteers, how important that is. So if you're listening to this program and you want to reach out in some way, think about volunteering. Uh, I think it's so important to have, um, like, a ministry with boots on the ground. You know, it's it's wonderful that you... Uh, or that people can give monetary donations. That's certainly needed and that's certainly important. But when somebody can actually be the boots on the ground and, and go out like these street angels and go out into these communities and actually serve these people, uh, it just it does so much for the giver as a, in addition to the recipient, of course. Um, and when you understand more about any kind of problem or any kind of way to serve and help solve that problem, you look at your own life so much differently, whether that's that you're more um, present, you're more grateful, uh, you you live with maybe less abundance or you make wiser choices, like we were saying about the um, not wasting as much food. When you see the problem of, of hunger in the city and how rescued food or less wasted food can really solve that and fill that gap. Yeah. Right, right, and our, our, our niche really is, uh, which nobody else is doing, there's only a few organizations in America. So again, we're blessed that we were led in this direction by, by God as we um, do prepared food. So the caterers, um, the restaurants, etc. cetera, um, we have a few large ones that we, we pick up food from. Sass's Catering has been with us almost since day one, a wonderful organization, State Fair. Um, we pick up food from State Fair. Um, if I serve, uh, we pick up food from them. Um, and what this does is allows us to prepare meals for our partners. So we do this. Uh, uh, we do family meals of two and family meals of four. And then we also offer um, the prepared food to organizations that are feeding 100, 2, 3, 400 people, um, inner city churches that don't have money. Um, and so what that does is two things. It, it, it gives them a nice quality of food. Um, and, and second of all, most of these volunteers in the inner city are elderly folks because mm -hmm. the young people are trying to work or go to school or whatever. So instead of being in the kitchen for four or five hours preparing food, they already have the prepared food. They just have to come maybe an hour, hour and a half, two hours earlier and heat it up. Um, and it's all there for them. So well, we, that was a, a question I had. Can, can anyone come? I mean, can anybody just say, well, I, uh, we are in need. And so we're going to go to the church. So let's say we have somebody listening and they want to know, okay, how can I take advantage of this resource? Not take advantage, but how can I, how can I participate, uh, in, in this offering? How would they go about doing that? I mean, is there an application process they go through? Do you just open your doors to anybody that comes through? To become partners of ours? No, for somebody who wants to... Um, Partake in the, in, in yeah. the program? Mm -hmm. um, 
we, our partners go through a screening process because we want to make sure they're legitimate because God has given us the food, so we should be good stewards of the food. Absolutely. So they go through a minor um, application, and we make a site visit to make sure that if we're giving them food that they have a refrigerator and or a freezer to put it in, that they're not going to get it and leave it on the table for five or six hours and someone might get ill. Um, and one of the requirements is we ask them to serve anybody that comes through the door. We okay. we, we we don't want... Uh, um, paperwork to be filled out uh, we, we don't need any identification um, if our partners are putting on a meal we ask that uh, anybody comes to eat is allowed to eat um, as long as they're respectful sure so we just feel that uh, I mean that's the way that God would want it when he fed the 5,000 um, which is one of our um, main things which I'll, I'll get into it when he fed the 5,000 I don't think they ask for any identification or anything along that way. So we ask our partners not to. And then our main, one of our main statements is after he fed the 5,000 um, in John six twelve, he told his disciples to go gather the leftover food so nothing is wasted. Mm-hmm. That ties into the prepared food because that was all prepared food. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things that, that guides us. And also Matthew twenty five forty, 40, what you do to the least of these mm-hmm you're doing to me. Right, and that's right. part of the statement which you read before with the ignored, uh, the incarcerated, the forgotten, the addicted. Mm-hmm. Um, that's everybody. Yeah. Um, so we try and follow those two things in our ministry. Yeah. And we're not called to judge, right? I mean, nobody knows what anybody else is going through. And so just to say here, you know, we're here, we have this offering, anybody can come and mm-hmm. can participate. Uh, so that's that's wonderful. We appreciate all that you do, Chris, and what Jom does for the community. If someone uh, wants to know where they can go to get more information, do you have a website or contact number that people can we go have to? A, we have a website, just one more ministry. Um, and our phone number is uh, 414-292-5112. And I'd just like to personally invite everybody, come and see what we do. It's amazing um, the amount of food that God gives us and the people that work there, that they, the care they take to prepare the food um, for other folks that they don't even know. They don't, we don't know the people that get the food, but one of our, again, statements is let's prepare it like our family was coming. Yes. So they take great care in what they do, and it's, uh, it's kind of fun to be part of it, to see all this food come in. Like I said, a little over a million pounds this year, and we're going to, have enough food to serve about 375,000 meals. It's mm, wonderful. Along with produce and dairy and pantry items and bakery. That's in addition to the food that we give our partners so people have food to take home. Nice to come and have a meal. Let's give them something to take home. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you for all you do. And uh, I want to thank uh, our guests today, Jennifer Casey and Heather Deaton from the Fondy Food Center and Chris Cappers from the Just One More Ministry, or JOM. Thank you for sharing your passion for helping to not only provide local fresh food to Milwaukee and the surrounding areas, but to help in other areas of need as well. So thank you. If you'd like further information about the people or the organizations we talked to today, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com, or you can call our office at 262 691-3200. You can visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to podcasts. You can also ask Alexa by saying, Alexa, play WISN AM 1130. You can also tune in via the iHeartRadio app. 
There are so many wonderful nonprofits in our area that are having an impact in the lives of people in our community. So join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock to learn more about some great people and some great organizations that are making a difference. Find one that aligns with your passion and then share your talents and your treasures with them. Find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Have a wonderful Sunday.